Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody in West Georgia, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holderidge. It is the first day of November. I'm excited about this show. Let's go ahead and get this show started. We have got a lot to talk about on this show, including the Braves couldn't close it out against the Astros, but they still lead 3-2 to two in the World Series, going back to Houston for games 6 and 7, if necessary, for game 7. Georgia gets a commanding and decisive victory over Florida. Their defense takes over. And with the new college football rankings coming out tomorrow, how far is the gap between Georgia and the number two team in the country? And the Falcons take one on the chin. The Carolina defense steps up and the Falcons drop a heartbreaker to the Panthers 19-13. All right, before I start this show, I just want to let everybody know I'm better. I was really Friday my voice was shot I felt like I had to still do a show but I'm back on the air today doing a show remember I'm going back to three days a week hopefully I'll have some good news for Wednesday's show the Atlanta Braves first of all they did what they had to do nobody expected the Braves were going to beat the Astros in five both teams are evenly matched I predicted it was either going to be Braves in six or Braves in seven The Braves were able to get one of those games that was a bullpen session. First of all, the battery in Truett's Park was lit all weekend. Friday's game was amazing. Ian Anderson pitches a no-hit, five-inning game, and the Braves win 2-0. Saturday's game, they were down 2-0, and they are able to come back on solo shots by Dansby Swanson and Jorge Soler, and the bullpen shuts the door. And now the Braves have a 3-1 series lead, going into Sunday night where they have a chance to clinch and win their first World Series since 1995. It started off great. Adam Duvall hits a grand slam in the first inning, and Truett's Park was rocking. I'd never seen so many fans that were just screaming and jumping up and down. I even saw on Facebook and Twitter casual sports fans rooting for the Braves, putting on their Braves gear. This whole state has just been rallying around the Braves, and it is a sight to see. Yes, I'm disappointed that the outcome wasn't that the Braves won the World Series. I I am a little disappointed, but the Braves still have a 3-2 series lead going back to Houston for Game 6 and 7. Max Freed, who didn't have a very good game in Game 2, is going to take the mound for the Braves in Game 6. And really, the Astros were shut down in Games 3 and Games 4, only scoring two runs in both of those games. And the bats came alive for the Houston Astros. They were able to claw their way back in. And even when Freddie Freeman hit that home run to put the Braves up 5-4, to four, the Braves' bullpen allowed the Astros to take the lead. First of all, A.J. Minter, it was very unusual for him to give up three runs in an inning to work. 
they sent Drew Smiley out there for three innings just because they want to save their bullpen. They got Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, Will Smith. They will be ready in game six. Best case scenario is Max Fried pitches the game of his life. He pitches six or seven innings and he lets Matzik, Luke Jackson, and Will Smith do their job and the Braves win in game six. The Braves' bats need to take advantage, and they need to come up with some clutch hits. They've been getting hits. I saw when the Braves were down 7-5, to five, Austin Riley, he hits that double, but nothing came out of it. The Braves' bats were cold after Freddie Freeman hit that home run, and you knew it was going to be a slugfest last night. If the Braves wanted to win that game, they needed to put up 10 runs because the Astros are going to take advantage of the bullpen You had Tyler Davidson coming in, and he pitched well in that first inning. I was like, ooh, we we might actually have something here when he got a 1-2-3 inning in the first inning. But the manager, Brian Snicker, left him in there too long. You don't let him hit for himself and then push him out in the third inning. He left him in there too long. Jesse Chavez should have came in. I think A.J. Minter has pitched a lot. He pitched three innings in game two, and he pitched some over the weekend as well. So you got to give him some rest. I'd still give him confidence to go out there in game six, but you've got to rely on Max Freed to have a bounce back game. And I think the Braves do get it done in game six. Now, if there's a scenario where they lose game six, because anything can happen in baseball, and this Astros team does not quit, they will come back on you in a heartbeat. You got Ian Anderson that's going to be ready for game seven. I really like the Braves' chances because the Astros' Game 2 starter pitched an inning in last night's game. And Zach Greinke's already pitched. You have Framder Valdez, your Game 1 starter that got roughed up. Where's the pitching left for the Houston Astros? Lance McCulders is out for the entire series. I think the Braves' pitching is a little bit better than the Astros' pitching. The Braves have just got to take opportunities and take advantage in Houston Austin Riley has to step up. I know he doesn't have a very good I know he doesn't have very good numbers in Houston, but he needs to step up. But how clutch is Eddie Rosario been? And Adam Duvall and Freddie Freeman finally hits a home run in the World Series. I tell you, I really am excited that the Braves are even this far into the postseason, especially after August the sixth, when they were a game under five hundred. Ronald Acuna Jr. was already lost for the season. A lot of Braves fans did not think they were even going to make the playoffs. So this has been a successful season for the Braves. And they have an opportunity to close it out. I got on this show, when I when I previewed the World Series, I felt the Braves had to steal one in Houston for games one and two. And then when they come back to Atlanta for three straight games, it is going to be difficult to win all three straight games at home. If they were able to take two out of three, they'll be at the advantage, and then they have a shot, they have a shot to close out the series in Houston for Game 6 and Game 7. So Game 6 will be tomorrow night. Max Fried will take the mound. Not sure who Dusty Baker is going to throw out there for the Astros because he already used his Game 2 starter for a bullpen session last night. Oh, but it's just a fun sight to see Truett's Park lit like that. The battery was so full that they were sending people away. There was an estimated 120,000 people at Truett's Park, 43,000 in the stands, then approximately 80,000 outside of Truett's Park just with their folding chairs out in the battery. And I expect Tuesday night is going to have a big watch party 
for the Atlanta Braves, and they are going to be camped outside Truett's Park in the Battery. It's just a great time in Georgia if you are a Braves fan that they have a chance to win a World Series and a chance to win a third championship in the history of Atlanta sports. And they have an opportunity to do something that no other Atlanta sports team has done. Clinch on a visitor's home field. And that's actually kind of sweet too. And I know a lot of Georgia fans that were down in Jacksonville watching the Georgia-Florida game and Georgia fans that were watching that game at 3.30 on Saturday anticipating a lot of Georgia fans are Braves fans as well, including Auburn fans are Braves fans, Florida fans are Braves fans. They are just rallying around the Braves. Georgia, what can I say about this Georgia Bulldogs team that I have not said before? The best team in the country. I think the only way they lose is is, is if they beat themselves because there is not a team, including Alabama, that's even close to what Georgia is doing. Alabama has got some flaws. But they tend to get better, and Nick Saban coaches them up. He will find a way, if he has to, to beat Georgia. I think Alabama is the one team that can beat Georgia. It's Georgia and everybody else. Because right now, even though that game was tight in the beginning when Georgia was up 3-0, I had confidence that the defense can shut down Florida. And Anthony Richardson making the mistakes he made with the two picks, including the pick six, and then the fumble in the in the fumble at his goal line, and Georgia capitalized with a touchdown. Two and a half minutes later, it's now 24 to nothing, and Georgia rolled in that game, winning that game 34 to 7. I know they were going for the shutout, but Florida has the very long streak of scoring in every single game. Florida drops to 4 and 4, and what a disappointment this season! And they have they got to play South Carolina in Columbia next week. Good luck with that, with the whole sandstorm and the fans at night. Ouch, that is going to be a very tough task for Florida, even though South Carolina is not very good this year. Georgia, I thought they were going to get rewarded with a primetime game against Missouri. That's going to be the 12 o'clock game on ESPN. And what can he say about Georgia? The remaining schedule. If there was a game where you might start getting nervous because it could get a little crazy is the game against Tennessee at Knoxville. Josh Heupel, his first season, you have McKenzie Milton, you have Hendon Hooker. We have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. They played Alabama tough. I'd start to worry about Tennessee possibly giving Georgia a game, but I said the same thing about the Georgia-Florida game. I thought Florida had the best shot at beating Georgia. So when the college football rankings come out tomorrow, Georgia, no surprise, they're going to be the number one team. Who's going to be number two? Is it going to be Cincinnati? Or is the committee going to reward Alabama for having a tough schedule and still with one loss? Or are they going to reward Ohio State for that impressive win over Penn State? And Oklahoma actually got a very impressive win over Texas Tech. So you still have some undefeateds. You have a very talented one-loss Ohio State team. And you also have an Alabama team that's very talented as well that could blow the, that could blow the doors off LSU And then the only tough test for Alabama would be the Iron Bowl in Auburn. Remember, the last two times Alabama has faced Auburn at Jordan-Hare, they have lost. The last time that Alabama beat Auburn at Jordan-Hare, Auburn was bad. Their quarterback was Jeremy Johnson. That was in 2015. That was the year that Alabama had Derrick Henry and they won the national championship. 
don't think that Alabama is going to run the table and go to the SEC championship with just one loss because I think Auburn can beat Alabama because Bo Nix looks confident. Tank Bigsby, great running back. They got the job done against Ole Miss. And hats off to the Auburn defense led by Derek Mason. They were able to hold Ole Miss to only 20 points. That was the lowest output in a Lane Kiffin coach team at Ole Miss. So Auburn looks good. They're taking on Texas A&M next week. I still think, because one of their losses is a non-conference loss to Penn State, Auburn has a shot. If they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, even if they lose to Texas A&M, they would hold the tiebreaker against Alabama because Alabama would have two losses, and Auburn would have two SEC losses. And they would host they would hold the tiebreaker, and Auburn could possibly face Georgia in the SEC championship. By the way, Georgia has clinched the SEC championship after Kentucky lost to Mississippi State. So Kirby Smart, who took over in 2016, has got Georgia so close, got them to the national title game in 2017. They went to three straight SEC championship games. And now they are back in the SEC title game with aspirations to win Georgia's first national championship since 1980. Georgia fans have been hungry for this. I remember the national championship. They were so close, but they lost 26-23 in overtime off that heartbreaker, second and 26. Alabama fans were just pumping their chests about that. Two attack of Ilova in the end zone to Devonta Smith. Heartbreaker, but I think this Georgia team is focused. Now, the big question is, one observation in that Georgia-Florida game was Stetson Bennett made a lot of mistakes. He threw two picks. I think it's time you start JT Daniels. JT Daniels is the better quarterback. If JT Daniels is healthy, you need to start him. That's just my opinion. Other local teams in college football, I I just want to just go through Georgia Tech. They lose at home to Virginia Tech. They're now 3-5. You had... Georgia State beating Georgia Southern. That was a good win for them. Other games, you had Kennesaw State beating Gardner-Webb 34-30. And Mercer bounces back with a 34-7 win over the Citadel. We had quite a busy week in Georgia sports this weekend. We did have the Falcons losing to the Carolina Panthers 19-13. I was optimistic they would get the win. And then I found out that Calvin Ridley was not playing And first of all, my opinion on Calvin Ridley leaving, taking a leave of absence for personal reasons to get his mental health right, you got to take care of the player first before you can get into the right mindset. So I'm not blaming the loss on him. The Falcons just did not have the weapons. And the Carolina Panthers defense shut down Kyle Pitts. And Matt Ryan had one of his worst passing yardage performances and young Wei Koo missed a field goal, which was just unheard of because he's usually automatic. And the Panthers were able to get the victory, 19-13. to It's one of those games, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is not the home field advantage that the Georgia Dome once was for the Falcons. And they didn't have the fans in the seats early on. And visiting teams know they can beat Atlanta on the road because Atlanta's home field is not very good. They have yet to win a game at the Benz. They are 0-3 in home games. And this has been disappointing. This is one of those wins. This is one of those games that you should have won because the Panthers didn't have Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have C.J. Henderson. It was Stephon Gilmore's first game. By the way, he's been a difference maker for the Panthers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. 
And now the Falcons have to travel to New Orleans to play the Saints next week. And even though the Saints are not going to have Jameis Winston, he's out for the season with that injury, Sean Payton was able to win with Trevor Simeon. What a coaching job that Sean Payton has done. After losing Drew Brees, I said on this show, I thought that the Saints were going to take a step back because they're going to miss Drew Brees' leadership. But it's the performance of Sean Payton. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And the fact that they have a talented team around Trevor Simeon with Alvin Kamara and then their defense with Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints were able to beat the Buccaneers. Tom Brady threw a pick six at the end of the game. And now the Saints are one of those teams that's in the driver's seat for that final playoff spot. They are a half game behind Tampa Bay. They seem to get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number in the regular season. Some of the other scores in the NFL, you had the Bills beating the Dolphins 26-11. to You had the 49ers bouncing back, snapping a four-game losing streak by beating the Chicago Bears on the road, 33-22. to One observation in this game, Jimmy Garoppolo looked very good. He had two touchdown runs. He was 17 for 28 for 322 yards. You had Elijah Mitchell. You had Elijah Mitchell with 18 carries, 137 yards. The rookie has been doing great. They've been doing it without George Kittle. The 49ers are now 3-4. and four. And I apologize for getting on Twitter. Many of you know I'm a 49ers fan. For getting on Twitter and say stating it's time to start Trey Lance. Because I felt that the 49ers were going to get in a shootout with Justin Fields. Because first of all, the 49ers defense let Justin Fields look like a pro bowler yesterday. And I thought that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to air the ball down the field, make plays with his legs, and they're going to have to win this game in a shootout. But they were able to overcome. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the turning point in that game was the 80-yard screen run for Debo Samuel at the goal line to tie up that game. Because before that, they weren't getting anything done. And the 49ers will play the Cardinals next week, which found out that Kyler Murray is going to be out two to three weeks with an injury. Injuries are tough. You had some other injuries. Baker Mayfield did come back for the Cleveland Browns. However, they lost a game to Pittsburgh. That's a game that if Cleveland is one of the elite teams in the AFC, you got to win that game. Against a Steelers team, Ben Roethlisberger is on his last leg. Mike Tomlin, surprisingly, has never had a losing season. He kind of was on the hot seat. Some reporter was jokingly saying if he would take the USC job, and he was insulted because in his mind, he is one of the elite head coaches. Would you offer a college job to Andy Reid? Would you offer a college job to Bill Belichick or Sean Payton? He was insulted. I couldn't believe that, although I think Mike Tomlin would make a great college coach. You had the Philadelphia Eagles beating the hopeless Detroit Lions, who are now 0-8. Dan Campbell... Let me tell you something about Dan Campbell. He is a joke of a head coach. He pretty much admitted that he got out coached in that game. You don't do that as a head coach. That was just pathetic, and the Lions could possibly go 0-17. The Tennessee Titans, they got a big win over the Indianapolis Colts. They are 6-2 right now. They have the best record in the AFC. I know my buddies over there at Tennessee Titans Talk are really going to talk that game up. Shout out to them. I've been a guest on their podcast a couple of times. Yeah, the New York Jets. I don't know what it is about the New York Jets. They're able to overcome and get another win over a first-place team at home, beating the Cincinnati Bengals 34-31. First of all, the Bengals blew an 11-point lead with seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. This is crazy. They had a 98.8% chance to win the game, and they lose to a backup quarterback in Mike White. 
Mike White was sensational. 37 for 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Do we have a quarterback controversy in New York? I don't know. Maybe. Cincinnati could not run the ball. Joe Mixon only had 33 yards. And just when you thought that Cincinnati was one of the best teams in the AFC, they lose to an 11-point dog, which is crazy. Of course, the Rams, they are just more superior than the Houston Texans. I have the NFL red zone, and I watched this game. That was a beatdown. And the Houston Texans are just awful. The afternoon games, which I did not watch. I actually went to the movies, but I was scrolling through my phone. You had the Patriots beating the Chargers 27-24. to Bill Belichick seems to own Justin Herbert. And there was a little bit of momentum from the 45 to nothing game last year. Coming into this game, the Patriots had a game plan, and they are now 4-4. Four and four. If the Patriots make the playoffs, does Bill Belichick win Coach of the Year? Because he's still the greatest coach of all time. And I know that Tom Brady got the upper hand with the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl last year, and the Patriots missed the playoffs and had a losing regular season. But Bill Belichick is still at an elite level. But you also got to remember, Josh McDaniels is an elite offensive coordinator. And they still have Matt Patricia. And they still have the foundation. And they still have the Patriot way. And Mac Jones right now looks like the best rookie quarterback out of all the rookie quarterbacks. You had the Seahawks winning their first game without Russell Wilson, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-7. to Russell Wilson could be back after their bye. Denver snaps a four-game losing streak by beating the Washington football team 17-10. to And, of course, I talked a little bit about the Buccaneers-Saints game. That was the primetime game on the Fox NFL Game of the Week. They The, the Saints lose Jameis Winston for the season. They're going to go to Trevor Simeon. Does Cam Newton get a call from Sean Payton? And then the Sunday night game. I had no interest in the Sunday night game because I was watching the Braves game. But the Dallas Cowboys were able to beat the Minnesota Vikings 20-16 to Without Dak Prescott, a quarterback named Cooper Rush came in and threw for 325 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And the Vikings and the Cowboys got an impressive win on the road against a Minnesota team that's fighting for their playoff lives. And also tonight, you got the Monday night game. You got the New York Giants taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. So we did have a very big Sports weekend in the National Football League. Now, moving on to the NBA because the Hawks over the weekend dropped a game to the 76ers where they just got dominated 122 to 94. And the Hawks are now 3 and 3. They have a game actually tonight against the surprising Washington Wizards team that won that Russell Westbrook trade. The Hawks just didn't show up, they just didn't have it. And when you're a hot team shooting and you have a cold night, sometimes you just get blown out. And that's what happened as the 76ers avenge their Eastern Conference semifinal loss to the Hawks at home in Philly. Some of the surprise teams in the NBA, the New York Knicks, 5-1 on the season. I think Kemba Walker has made a difference on that team. The Washington Wizards are 5-1. The Chicago Bulls are 5-1. And and the Miami Heat are 5-1. I think Jimmy Butler is a candidate for MVP, is having an MVP season so far. I know it's early, but some disappointing teams include the defending champs, the Brooklyn Nets, at 3-4. and four. Some would say that the Hawks are disappointing at 3-3, three and three, 
But all three games are road losses, and they do have a road win. So they haven't really played any games at home. The Hawks have always been stronger at home than on the road. And, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, 4-3. and three, They're not dominating the conference. If you look over in the Western Conference, Utah and Golden State are both 5-1. and one. Denver and Dallas, 4-2. and two. You have the Lakers, who are back in the winning column by beating the Rockets last night. Four to three. And is this the year? Is this the year that the Sacramento Kings in that dreadful playoff drought where they have missed the playoffs since 2006? They've been close a couple of years. I thought they were going to get into the play-in game a couple of years ago. And last year, remember that 10 teams make the playoffs because you have that play-in game. And I think that the Sacramento Kings do have that team that could sneak into the playoffs. And then the Memphis Grizzlies, also 3-3. Three and three. Ja Morant is a superstar already, as he is one of the top scorers in the NBA. The Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, coming back for another year. They made it to the NBA Finals. They're at a disappointing 2-3 and three so far. And I know the season is early, but sometimes in the regular season, you've got to give it your all to actually get a favorable position in the playoffs. And that's what I would like to see. Major League Soccer, Atlanta United had a very disappointing 1-1 draw. I don't know what it is. They have a lead, and then they surrender a goal late. Toronto FC was able to get a goal. Toronto FC was able to get a goal in the 89th minute, and Atlanta comes away with a 1-1 draw. Right now, they are currently 6 in the Eastern Conference. Remember, only 7 teams make it for the MLS Cup playoffs and Atlanta is currently ranked six with 47 points ahead of them is Orlando with 48 and then NYCFC so they have a game against the Red Bulls and then a game against Cincinnati they've got to win both of those games because it's not guaranteed that they are going to get that final spot in the playoffs but it was really nice to see Joseph Martinez at the Braves game the other night I love it when all the Atlanta athletes support the other Atlanta sports teams. I wish we had that in Columbus. I wish that I would have saw some Columbus River Dragons at the Chattahoots game over the summer. Ah, but that's neither here or there. We do have some great sports here in Columbus, including high school football. I know that I talked a little bit about the season wrapping up as we got playoffs in the state of Alabama next week. I will preview that on Friday's show. We also had some big games as Troop County gets a win over LaGrange. We had Auburn almost beating IMG Academy. Now, something about IMG Academy, they are the best team in the entire country. And Auburn took them on the ropes and lost 27-17. to But that was a fight. I was watching some of that on Twitter, some of the highlights. And great job by Auburn by almost getting that victory. It is the first week of November. Don't forget that on November the 12th is the opener for the Columbus River Dragons. Also on November 15th will be the home opener for the Columbus State Cougars men's basketball team. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to try to talk up the local sports here in Columbus. The Columbus Rapids, the new indoor women and men's soccer team, will have their opener on December the 30th. It's always a great time to be a sports fan here in Columbus. I want to thank everybody that has listened to my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. That is all the time I have. Stay tuned for Wednesday's show. 
Hopefully, it's going to be a great show. Hopefully, I could get on the air Wednesday and talk about a Braves World Series championship. Enjoy the rest of your week, and good luck to the Braves. Hopefully, you can pull it out in Game 6. I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdred. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdred. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.